Oh, shit. Um, Trump is still alive. Um, yeah. I thought for sure. Wait, wait, I think you're, you might be talking about something else. No, I was going to lead with that <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know, they say the devil takes care of his own. So yeah, I think, I think Trump's immune mm. now. But anyway. What kind of world do we live in where Trump so far has survived? COVID-19 and Eddie Van Halen died. Not from COVID-19, but from cancer. Right. Um, <clears throat> I woke up to that news this morning. Um, now, oh. you know, you know me, Papa Bear. Yeah. Um, uh, Van Halen, big part of, huge, huge part of my life. Um, right. I, you know, not in, not, 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 I didn't know Eddie. Um, I never, no. never played with Eddie, but felt uh, like I knew him. Yes, right. Well, no, just you know, defined my teenage years. Van Halen, like Van Halen, Alice Cooper, but primarily Van Halen yeah. were the band that got me through my teenage years. Um, yeah. and I've been listening to Eddie ever since I turned 50 this week and I've been listening to Eddie my entire life and, uh, saw him live only the once sadly, uh, and sadly it was with Gary Sharon singing for Van Halen, the, uh, the dark year that we don't like to talk about. Right. Um, I mean, Sammy Hagar was Bad enough, but uh, then Gary Sharon. And listen, don't get me wrong, love Gary Sharon, great singer. Like um, some of the stuff that he did, Pornography before that, with whatever his band was called back then. But uh, not right for Van Halen, no. But um, right to fit, got to be didn't fit. fit. Yeah, it didn't really fit. like you and me. Could not go there. So Eddie Van Halen is dead. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like, um, it's been rumored. I mean, we knew he had tongue cancer quite a few years ago, and then he had it cut out, and he said he was all good. And then, you know, there's been rumors over the last couple of years that he was sick again. He didn't say much about it. uh, his son Wolfgang didn't say much about it. He's very active, mm-hmm. Wolfie, on the social medias, but he uh, never really talked about his father much, except to say that he was awesome and he loved him and he was doing great. David right. Lee Roth did come out def- 
few months ago, maybe six months ago, and said, because uh, he is still the official lead singer for the band, and he did come out and say, uh, uh, there won't be any more Van Halen albums. Just uh, Van Halen's over. I can't say too much. Uh, not my place to say too much, but it's, you know, I am, I think he said I am Van Halen right. now. Um, so there you go. Um, there yeah. you go. The, I, I don't know, man. What's what's your uh, what's your experience with Van Halen, Ray? Were you a Van Halen fan as a young fella? Uh, probably not the extent that you were. I mean, I certainly know. You know, I listened to all their hits. I loved them on the radio. I knew the words. I uh, I did the air guitar in the shower, and that's as far as we need to go with that. You know, Eddie Van Halen. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the man was a freaking music musical genius and and that just came through but no their their songs um got me through moments and when i sing them really loud in front of my kids it embarrasses them which makes me happy but no i love uh van halen <laughs> well uh if we could still play music on our shows with impunity uh well with pretended right. imagined impunity i would right. just play something but uh i won't do that yeah um, so that's, uh, yeah, listen, for people that, I know, younger generation or people that never really got into Van Halen, I don't know where to start. I'd go to the Fair Warning album. I mean, 1982's Fair Warning album, um, 81, really, Fair Warning, uh, probably, I think for a lot of us hardcore Van Halen fans, uh, it's probably the, the pinnacle, uh, you get your 1984 with your jump and your Panama and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, the, the first, oh yeah, the, any, any of the first five albums, but particularly Fair Warning. I, are you back? Mm-hmm. Hello? Oh, yeah, you didn't hear any of that. Stop. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm back. Sorry about that. About. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, if you're going to listen no. to anything today to Supportive. commemorate uh, Eddie, I'd go Van Halen 1, 1978. Has running with the devil, eruption, Jamie's crying, ton of you know classic. Mm-hmm. Ain't talking about love, uh, which I have performed in many bars over the years, um, back in the early years. <laughs> uh, uh, through right. to that's that's how I think of our relationship. Ain't talking about love. It's just the fucking um, right. straight to straight to the fucking. You're here. Um, but right. yeah, oh, fair warning. Yeah, don't listen to any of the stuff post David Lee Roth. Honestly, yeah, that's not not a good way to remember Eddie. Dan, don't even the reunion album that they did 2012 with Dave. It's okay, but go back listen to those first. Fair warning. Go listen to that. Go listen to Unchained. Magic. Unchained. I right. will look. I'm going to do this. You know, screw screw the censors. I'm just going to play you a little bit because you you may not have ever heard this song. Just listen to how brutal this is. Surely they'll give me a, a you know, I get a pass on the day Eddie dies. A pass. Yeah. 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 I get a pass to play yeah, some yeah, yeah. Van Halen. Listen to this. All right. 
Classic example of what Eddie called the brown sound. Just the sound right. of his guitar. It's just got this warm, fuzzy... Yeah. Anyway, it's a sp- signature sound. Yeah. If I could add on to that real quick. Um, David Lee Roth, assless chaps, no pants. Mm-hmm. That's when I knew. That's when I knew I was 80s gay. Um, so yeah. I'd like to thank him for that, for helping me come out of the closet. But uh, yeah, that, that, that dynamic Dave's not, duel. Dave's not dead. Yeah. Like, you know, Dave's, no, I know. I'm just you saying. You have to say. Yeah, just okay. Saying. Okay. You're just getting that in there. Well, if he, if he put on Ashland's chaps now, I got to be, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested. But back in the 80s, um, it opened me up to a whole new world. Now, Dave, no, Dave, Eddie. So you know you got me thinking about Dave's ass. Um, <clears throat> Eddie Eddie had a reputation for being uh, a, a nice guy, a good guy. I mean, he had he had relationship issues, particularly well, he had you know with his wife, with Valerie, but particularly mostly with uh, Dave, and then with Sammy. I don't think he and Sammy have spoken for twenty years. Wow. Uh, Sammy kept trying to patch things up with the Van Halen brothers and they would never return his calls. Um, he and Dave yeah. had uh, difficult relationships and you can, you know, depending on what side you want to be on, you can blame that on, well, lead singers are all dicks. It's a bit like our dynamic. <laughs> uh, when I die, right. people will go, well, Cameron was a dick, but you know, uh, he also had a yeah. reputation. Eddie had a reputation for being a bit of an alcoholic. Uh, you know, he was known. I think when, Sammy Hagar last toured with them. He, Eddie would come out on stage shit faced and uh, play badly, oh. and uh, you know, see, so he had he had his addiction issues. Um, I think it was oh, the I... cigarettes that got him in the end, though, with the the, the tongue cancer, etc. He chain smoked for oh. most of his life. Um, but uh, but beyond that, like he had a reputation for being a, a sweetheart of a guy. No, uh, you know, apart from mm-hmm. his band, like. Uh, infamously uh, t- 10 years ago or so uh the bass player michael anthony who'd been with them since the beginning in the early 70s um found out that he'd been fired and replaced with eddie's son wolfgang as the bass player i think in the yeah. media uh i don't think they ever called him and told him he was fired Ooh. he just heard about it in the media and that was it i don't think he ever <laughs> spoke to them after wow. that and and Damn. mike is mike is famously the nicest guy on the planet um he's he yeah, and he, he th- I think of Mike Anthony as the uh, Ray Harris of Van Halen. Um, Aw, thank didn't you. Do, didn't do much. Just went... But he was a berry bear, and he made people yes. happy, and he just... Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I get yeah. that. Yeah. He was yeah. the cuddly teddy bear that everyone everyone loved Mike, had a lovely voice, right. could can sing, can still sing, still going. I don't want to kill off mike uh plays a lot with sammy hagar's band now right. um sings great you've got this great sort of high high voice where you do great harmonies back in the day but mm-hmm. um yeah anyway so that enough of that uh i didn't plan to talk about that but uh there, you there go. we are there you yeah go. Eddie, typical lead singer move van halen dead right yeah another reason to hate 2020 if we needed one which we don't. Mm. 
Well, let's get to the news stories. People have been complaining that we're not talking about stuff. Uh, I apologize. Uh, I, I was on vacation oh. for a couple of weeks. I'm back. Obviously. Ugh, fucking where do we start? So. <laughs> try. Well, let's, let's talk about yeah. the debate. Um, okay. Did you watch the debate? No. Uh, Two painful to even pretend no no mm. Mm. i went back since then and watched a lot of videos highlights but uh right. no did not I, sit there I, and did watch watch, the whole thing. I did watch yeah. it live and i gotta i gotta be honest my expectations were low after right. the trump uh clinton debates four years ago where i had expected fireworks and they were kind of tame i thought I think yeah. back then Trump's advisors were still telling him to try and appear presidential. At least uh, try. To the best of his ability, yeah. Obviously, right. yeah. after four years of being in the job, he, he has zero fucks Woo! to give these let it, days. And let so it go, baby. He let it go. <laughs> and i got to say, I totally enjoyed it. It, yeah. was, as, it was so fucking did entertaining. You? Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I... I laughed. I loved the whole thing, uh, beginning oh to end. God. Um, because, Boy. well, as I posted, yeah. I think on Facebook or something at the time, that debate to me was just the most perfect reflection of where the United States is right now. It was sort of a, it was a microcosm. It was a capsule of of what mm -hmm. the United States, I think. Is. Yeah, look, I don't live there and I'm not trying to be mean, but the way it appears to me is it's just the mm -hmm. United States is basically two old white men yelling at each other. Uh, I think that's basically, <laughs> you know. And just, they can't hear each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And one of them has <laughs> got a terrible disease uh, and he's not giving a fuck and not telling anybody. Um, may or may not have known right. he had it at that stage. Probably not. But anyway, um, let's get into the conspiracy theories later. Yeah, but the debate, the debate was, um, I don't know, man, like, yeah, highly entertaining. Um, Trump, obviously, right. full Trump, just went full Trump on the whole thing. Um, made yeah. no sense. Just interrupting, yelling, what? calling everything lies, fake news, uh, okay. et cetera, et cetera. And Biden just kind of couldn't land a punch. Um, I mean, look, tough gig for yeah. Biden. I don't know what I would have done in his shoes. I might. I have thought about it. <laughs> My, I would have. You know, remember that old Bob Dylan um, Desolation Row clip where he's got the cards that he's just pulling up cards um, in the film clip. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. He's got cards with little messages written on them. I, I think Biden should have done that. Just had right. cards. Just gone in with a stack of with, with a stack of blank cards. This guy's a fuck up. And a big right. um, and just, and a pen. Ma magic yeah, marker. Big pick. Yeah, big yeah. Nick, big magic marker, Nico. Just a writing just, shit. Just writing shit like <laughs> check out this fucking guy. Like just holding it up to the camera, like you know, this guy That's is batshit crazy. That just holding it up. Batshit crazy. Because yeah. you know that Trump I mean, you, you should have known going into it, there's a very high probability that Trump's just gonna Talk over the top of you, yell and scream, insults, etc. Um, so yeah, you, you you go in there knowing that, just writing on cards, holding messages up, giving him a score one out of ten. Uh, 
<laughs> Every time what's he that, sends a zinger. What's that thing on top of you? What's that thing on top of your head? Uh, <laughs> you know, you're being attacked yeah. by an alien in a hairpiece. Yeah, that kind of thing. Well, let, let me ask you this: as as an American who's someone who does care and gets to vote or whatever, um, yes, that was full Trump. I get that, and that was probably his wisest uh, only move because he's not going to sit here and learn all the details about all these various subjects. That's not Trump style. But if you were an undecided voter. If you could cast your mind as an undecided voter for a second and you watch that, putting the entertainment factor aside for a moment, I mean, did that sway you one way or the other? Or did you just want to shoot your own brains out? Or, or how, how would you have reacted if you could pretend to be an undecided voter for a second? I could pretend Emotionally? to be an undecided voter. Hmm. Yeah, well, I did read, um, I think, um, Lutz, Frank Lutz, the infamous... Republican strategist who um, right. I actually I quoted in my psychopath book, actually. Um, Lutz had a group of uh, undecided voters watching it with him and then interviewed them afterwards. And I read the results on that. And I think two, uh, I think he had like uh, 16 people. Two of them decided to vote uh, for, by, uh, for Trump afterwards. No, mm -hmm. I think it's two for Trump four for Biden, and the other nine were still, after that, undecided. Oh, God. But, but they got to see both men at their, for lack of a better word, worst, not best. I mean, you would think if you couldn't, if it didn't help you decide who to vote for, you would think at the very least it might help you to, who decide to vote against. So I, I find that a little puzzling, but uh, I'm not in their heads. So well, yeah, it made no impression. Yeah, I mean... I mean, if to to not to be undecided at this stage, I mean, it's an interesting, it's ridiculous state to be in. I mean, okay, right. even I think even Trump supporters, most of them, if you if you got them yeah. in a little quiet room, um, <clears throat> would acknowledge that. Well, yes, he's crazy, um, right? But uh, you know, they still support him for whatever reason, whether it's because he's a fake Christian, and so is Biden. But, I mean, I don't know what that's, you know, right. Biden's probably a little Powerful, bit more on the course. progressive side. Yeah, it is. Yeah. For politicians there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, maybe they they traditionally vote Republican or they want to vote Republican, uh, and Trump's just the guy. But um, I want to talk about the debate in terms of, and just in terms of political theatre. Um, mm -hmm. And also how weak I think Biden looked and therefore probably is uh, and right. what that means for the country going forward. Like, I look, obviously, particularly after 2016, we have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I, you know, uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I still tend to think that Trump is probably going to try and pull a Swifty to yeah. stay in power. I think Biden will probably get the votes probably get the electoral college to um trump hopefully well for his from his perspective will get um amy uh run dmc whatever her fucking name is barrett right. on the supreme court we'll figure out a way to challenge the vote get it to the supreme court and you know the, the justices may vote in uh trump's favor but 
Uh, or he's just going to refuse to go and declare it's a fraud and it's a fake and it's a coup or whatever. We don't know. I mean, it, I mean, that seems right. extreme and it seems kind of ridiculous to but even not for think him. that could happen. But yeah, yeah, right. that's the thing with not Trump. Like, Trump. He's, yeah. he's broken so many norms in the last four years, um, five yeah. years, I guess, since he started running seriously that um, really all bets are off. And, yes. um, but the thing is that Biden... So if it, if it comes down to a battle, literally in the Supreme Court or involving the military or whatever between Biden and Trump, I think what Biden has demonstrated is that he's weak source. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't. He went into that strategy, barely got a word. Went into that debate, sorry, with no strategy, barely got right. a word in. Uh, and when he did, it was kind of just. A, I just got this feeling of a wet fish. Now, look, I'm I'm no fan of Biden. Um, I think he's corrupt as fuck. I think the whole right. Hunter Biden, I still think the whole Hunter Biden, Burisma, Ukraine thing is corrupt as fuck. And I don't, I don't give a fuck what the, what the uh, Democrats or Biden or anyone says. It's just corrupt as fuck. When you're, we've talked about this endlessly on this show, right? But when your dad is the vice president yeah. and the point guy on Ukraine, we have evidence that yes. we talked about on this show where the US... Mm-hmm. Whether or not they deliberately overthrew the previous government of the Ukraine or just saw it as an opportunity, we know they picked the next government. We've heard the recordings on this show of Mm -hmm. senior US diplomats talking about who they were going to anoint to be the new government of Ukraine. Um, Right. For for Biden to uh, be in that position and then his son to get that job with no experience and no real qualification. And for then Joe to turn around and go, well, I didn't know anything about it. No, he didn't ask me. And it's all a big shock and it's got nothing to do with me. You know, A, as I said many times before, but I'll repeat it again just for people who forget. If that is true, then, you know, you're a fucking idiot. And and it's no, yeah, then, then you just get the I'm an idiot badge. Right. Um, that your right. son was doing dirty deals behind your back, leveraging your name and your power. Um, and you know, it's, we know that Hunter Biden, and I'm not making fun of him because he's an addict, but we know he had a massive drug problem, had or has. Joe claims Mm. he's cleaning up and congratulations. I'm, I'm friend to all addicts, um, growing up around addicts. Um, but you know, point is he was doing a lot of drugs, uh, banging prostitutes. Uh, we know he'd gone completely off the rails in those years. Um, and we know that Bo had died, and I'm sure that was traumatic for Hunter and for Joe. But sure. the bottom line is, right. it was a dirty, corrupt fucking deal. If Joe knew about it um, and let it happen anyway, then he's shit fucking weak. If he didn't know right. about it, then he's stupid and weak. If he did know about it and didn't do anything about it and, and, cla- and, and, and claims he did know anything about it, then he's just a lying piece of shit. But leaving all that aside... right. We know that he's been the senator from Delaware. We know that Delaware is one of the most corrupt states in the U.S. because of the tax-free status and the the, the way that you can right. just, you know, make shit disappear in Delaware. So, you know, you can't Pretty tell bodies. me. You can't tell me. Right. Uh, he's been the senator there since, whatever, 1972 or whatever, and, and um, none of that's rubbed off. He's done a great job. Um, pushed yeah, through the 84 on. and the 94 crime bills, which did immeasurable mm-hmm. damage to uh, particularly African-American and, and Latino uh, people in the United States. 
Um, uh, and uh, where was I going next with that? Biden, Biden, Biden. Oh, and the whole um, uh, the Irishman, the, the Irishman story. Remember the, the the character that Robert De Niro played, Frank the Irishman. Vaguely. Um, yeah, there was a story in the book written that the movie was based on. Okay, so Scorsese's big mm-hmm. most recent film with De Niro and Pacino, based on a right, you know, a mob enforcer, um, mm-hmm. a mob enforcer autobiography. Um, he said in the autobiography, which came out in the eighties, I think, that uh, you know Joe's people had come to him and helped and and asked him to use his mob contacts to shut down the newspaper in Delaware that was where they oh, were running right. stories about Joe's corruption uh, before the his first election and and uh, mm-hmm. the mob, the mob enforcer Frank, uh, the Irishman, right. um, went and uh, used his union contacts because he ran the unions for the paper to uh, go and strike. Uh, so the paper couldn't Damn. come out the week of the election. Um, uh, so look, just there's just too many stories about Joe that suggest that he's corrupt. Now, does that make him any different from probably the vast majority of senators and congressmen, uh, politicians in the United States? Probably not. Is he as mm-hmm. bad as Trump? Probably not. But here's the thing. Look, I've been saying this to people again lately. Despite what a clusterfuck Trump is. And okay, let's leave COVID aside for a second. I don't think Trump's half as bad as LBJ. I don't think Trump's half as bad as Nixon. I don't think Trump's half Mm. as bad as Kennedy. I think, I don't think Trump's half as bad as Reagan or Bush one or two. Um, And when they say he's the worst president ever, I'm like, by what fucking metric? I mean, has he invaded any countries? Has he started any wars? These are the things I guess I care most about. Has he? Right. He hasn't yet started a civil war, but that might come. Yes, a couple of hundred thousand mm-hmm. dead people uh, from COVID on his watch, and that's a massive, obviously, black mark on him. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, hasn't launched any wars, hasn't invaded any countries, hasn't you know, uh, send in military support for right-wing dictators in third-world countries. Yeah, he's continued to fund Saudi Arabia. He he let uh, mm-hmm. Bonesaw get away with killing the the journalist um, Khashoggi. Khashoggi. Right. Uh, yes, yeah. he's he's you know maintained the sanctions in Venezuela and been fucking around on the fringes down there. But he stopped Bolton from launching a full-out invasion. Reading between the lines. So, right, Bolton, I mean, hardcore. Yeah. He's launched a trade war with China, but not an actual war. So, listen, in in terms of presidents, uh, if I'm giving Trump a scorecard, if this is it, if he does go quietly and he had his four years and that's it, you know, he's going to rank rank, I think, far higher than a lot of those guys because he didn't start any of that I'm, kind of shit on his watch. Right. 
I'm going to respectfully disagree and say as an American versus uh, um, obviously a non-American, the fact that he hasn't started any wars, absolutely. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, he's got this macho thing going on where I'm kind of surprised we're not in the middle of a war right now. But between cutting taxes, cutting environmental things, race relations and and the COVID thing as well, because you can't take that out because that's what we're dealing with. And um just the just just bringing down the office of presidency. I mean, this guy's going to be hated. There's a difference between being hated and maybe being graded in the history books, that kind of stuff. But I mean, he's the exact opposite of what we need in the office on a lot of levels. And yes, he didn't start a war, so he gets he gets good marks for that. But there's so much he's done internally to this country that. Um, uh, I wouldn't want to have to be the one to build his library and try to put a positive spin on his years in office. <laughs> and and you and you and you you mentioned this just a second ago. If if Biden loses the elections, Biden's going to go. Well, we gave it our best shot. And I'd like to thank everybody for your support. And he'd walk off the stage. Trump doesn't win. There is a decent chance that he's going to start some shit and uh, or do something or deny it or whatever. Or if he does lose and he does go out, he might be a really irrational person between november and january 20th so who in the fuck knows but the point is he's capable of that he might might be an irrational okay he will be yeah yeah he will be yeah Yeah, sure listen but but when you get to all of the stuff that he's done um Mm -hmm. is it worse than what bush two or bush one or reagan did environmental Mm. policy economic policy is what he's done objectively worse? It's worse for us because we have to live here and live in, in this country where the water's not as clean and the air's not as clean and the oceans are rising. But but you're right. I mean, I see your point in other nations. We have fucked with people. We have killed tens of thousands no, no, of no, innocent no, no. civilians. No, 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 no. But I'm, yeah. no. But I'm talking about just in terms oh. of his domestic uh, policies and legislation mm-hmm. that he's put through. Are any of those worse than what uh, previous no. presidents have done? No, because, I, you're, you're, you're right. They're not worse. I mean, They're okay. Just, so, a, yeah. yeah. Look, I, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of your presidents in, you know, the last, in my lifetime have done heinous shit domestically in terms of like, like Reagan and taxes and, and all the Bushes, all the Republicans have, you know, uh, tax uh, uh, pushed through tax uh, tax cuts, massive tax mm-hmm. cuts. Reagan pushed right. them through, and then the economy tanked, and he had to put some put them back up again, which Republicans tend to forget. But I don't, look, I don't think objectively any of the stuff that he's put through is worse domestically, even or the race situation. Is it any worse than the race situation was under all those guys? I mean, Reagan and the Bushes were jailing the fuck out of people. Bush was running. Bush two, after nine eleven, was running torture camps uh, yeah. in the U. Well, well, you know, in Cuba, uh, at Gitmo, and uh, all around the world. Um, is is Trump running torture camps? Maybe, but no, not that it's not something that's hit the press. Probably still running. Right. But <laughs> Bush Bush fucking had his White House counsel justify torture. Oh yeah. I mean. It, like, tell me, tell me, Trump's worse than somebody who justifies torture. Like I don't like I look. I know that yeah. he's 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 annoying, but he just like, here's the the difference I, from my perspective. The difference between Trump and all these other guys is 
all the other guys would do heinous shit off camera. When they were on camera, right. they'd try and act like a cardboard cutout president. Um, right. Trump just doesn't give a fuck. He just he just puts it all out there, partly because he's, you know, he's a narcissist, a psychopath narcissist, I think. Um, partly because mm-hmm. he's probably not as rich as he makes out, but he's probably okay uh and he doesn't give a fuck if you know honestly his life's going to be fine if he loses the election these other guys you know well the ex-presidents get treated well we know that but you know they want to win they're 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 professional politicians career politicians most of them okay reagan got to it late bush really was just a ring in for the family but uh Mm -hmm. trump trump doesn't give a fuck so he's been more open with his complete fucking disregard for the American people uh, outside of his own small support base, right? I, but I, I don't think objectively right. anything that he's done is anything different to what any other Republican has done and, and some Democrats or anything different to what another Republican would have done if it wasn't Trump that got elected in 2016, mm. if it was... Mitt Romney, or if it was John McCain, or if it was, I don't know, whoever, Mitch McConnell. Maybe you think they wouldn't have done the same stuff? They would have done exactly the same stuff. Yeah. Here's the worst thing I can come up with. Hmm. Right. Well, okay. First of all, I I concede your points. Here's the worst thing I can think of when it comes to Trump. Let's say it's two or three years from now. They get that lady onto the Supreme Court. There's a six to three majority. And then after a couple of years, the Health Care Act is gone. Some civil rights are gone. Gay marriage is gone. Uh, other environmental, I'm trying to remember what else they were saying could be attacked. I mean, this, this, this country could get really dark and really ugly in a relatively short amount of time if they get that six to three to majority. So that is a big deal. And that's why some people are saying no matter who wins, the other side's going to contest it and probably contest it with violence to some degree, to some level. So the whole thing is scary as shit. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's but a again, freaky time to would, be leading this country. You, yeah. Do you, do you think any other Republican president would be trying to do exactly the same thing? I don't think other, I, I don't think real established politicians, Republican or Democrat would push it to the point of some kind of major civil unrest if they lost the election. I mean, no, I'm that talking normally about, just doesn't happen. Here. I'm talking I'm sorry, about ahead. trying to stack the Supreme Court. Mm. No, you definitely do that. No, I know. I, I get that. And I, I, I think we're going to lose that one. I think they're going to get her through unless something outrageous happens, like Trump dies in the next couple of weeks or whatever. Um, no, I think that's going to happen. And it's scary as shit, uh, just knowing that, that decades of work can be rolled back. And they would consider that a good thing. That's just a mindset that I cannot understand. No, but... Other Republicans would be doing it as well. I I certainly see that. Well, look, we'll have to see what happens. You're right. You know, he might, uh, you know, he might kick off a whole civil war. I I certainly think that's probable. And I've got, I want to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But Mm -hmm. again, and I've been telling everyone this for fucking years. um, Again, I don't think Trump is the problem. Trump is a symptom. Of the right. underlying problems that America has Reflection. not dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, America has been increasingly spiraling out of control my entire lifetime. Um, mm. You know, it, it's been getting worse and worse, uh, more and more divisive, and, yeah. and uh, 
stagnating as an economy. And again, I'm not trying to be mean to Americans. Americans are lovely people. But the system, right. it's the system that's been set up, uh, which has been broken. And, and, and I think what happened was in America, even like sort of during the Cold War, fought hard to, in some ways, to, to at least position itself as the, the shining city on the hill. Oh, yeah. You know, um, because the they were- white tr- hats. Yeah. yeah, even though they weren't, even though they were far worse, even during the Cold War than the Soviets in terms of the shit that the US did around the world, um, they, liked, they, they tried hard to position themselves as the great land of opportunity and et cetera, et cetera. But particularly towards the later stages of the Cold War, I think America just kind of gave up and was like, okay, well, we've pretty much won, so fuck that shit. Let's just yeah. get back to uh, raping the world and raping our own country and fuck the workers. So, so salaries have been stagnating since what, the 80s. Um, oh, yes. The wealth divide has been growing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Wall Street and the bankers have become increasingly powerful and rich while incomes have stagnated. And no one's done anything about it. Not Republicans, not Democrats. Right. No one has done anything about it in the last 40-odd years. You've ended up with psychopaths in power at all levels of government and policing and the judicial system and the church and whatever, uh, yeah. which is a global problem, obviously. That's not just an American problem, but it hasn't been stopped. And as I keep saying, it's a, I think it's a, failed, it's a failed state in the sense that it's been the the United States has been the world's leading economic and military superpower for seventy years, and it hasn't been able to provide the basics of uh, mm-hmm. a society. People still don't get universal health care. You, you, the gun problem, the war on drugs, bullshit, uh, the, the 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 incarceration levels in the country, uh, the racism, the racial tensions, and the violence and the wealth divide and and how much money you spend on global military dominance and uh, oppression, yeah. you know, it's just it's just never been able to live up to the promise and the opportunity that it had coming out of World War Two, and I and, and I'm not blaming America. I think it's it's capitalism, unfettered laissez-faire capitalism, mm-hmm. and the ethic behind that. Uh, which is the people with the money get to do whatever the fuck they want, and it's right. it's the insidiousness of that system where it gets to, you know, get control of the political system and the judicial system and the policing system and the media, uh, and they all end up being run by psychopaths. That's the great, the, you know, the great uh, tragedy I think of America is that, yeah. in many ways, um, a unique uh, experiment. In, in human history, breaking away mm-hmm. from the feudal system in the 1700s, um, the opportunity to really uh, do something new and different, and it did in many, many ways, but then it just fell over. It was like somebody built a massive skyscraper uh, on sand, and it's the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Right. Of it, it uh, yeah. you built it tall. Don't it get me wrong. 
It's a big yeah. fucking tower, yeah. but it uh, it was built on sand. No one ever thought we maybe we should go down and uh, put some bedrock, some cement, some concrete under that sand. <laughs> some Roman Agrippa. Nobody go call Agrippa yeah. up and go, hey, motherfucking That's Agrippa, you can you? Yeah, yeah put some Thanks of that. that. Fucking cool, yeah. you know, Republic, uh, well, <laughs> early empire concrete under right. our big fucking shiny tower, will you? And now it's fallen over and Trump's standing on top of it and everyone's going, well, Trump's making it fall over. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Trump's not making it fall over. It's yeah. the sand that's under the tower that's making it fall over. You never did anything about the sand. Yeah. Don't blame Trump. He's just the guy who's standing on top of it right now. So yeah, then he got COVID. Is all of our misguided, yeah, exactly, our misguided uh, priorities. So, anyways, yes, COVID. So, good thing is Trump is now immune. He may be. He so he says I might be immune. I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll find out together. <laughs> well, um, I can't remember where I saw this, but um, somebody posted uh, on Facebook Herman Cain's timeline. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. Ha- he was fine for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was fine for a while. Um he got covid. A guy called Tim O'Brien posted this on Twitter. Uh 24th of June attends Trump rally maskless. 2nd of July mm-hmm. test positive for covid-19. 10th of July says he's improving. 15th of July says his doctors seem happy. 27th of July says he's really getting better. 30th of July dies. So, uh, you know, there's, uh, I can say, I guess there's some hope. Um, but, 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 you know, look, uh, I think it w- I, I would like Trump to die from COVID just for the irony, but um, yeah. I don't think <laughs> Trump dying is going to solve any of your fucking problems over there. No, it'd be, no, it'd it's be Schadenfreude, 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 whatever that fucking word is. Um, mm-hmm. glad Chrissy's not here. She just took Fox to school. She should be bursting my door open and telling me how to pronounce German words correctly. <laughs> um, but uh, it's not going to fix right. your problems. Like it's uh, no, it's 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 you know going to exacerbate them if nothing else. But anyway, what else? Uh, he got COVID. What, what? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Sorry, go. I was just going to ask real quick. You just did a timeline for Herman Cain. Let's be honest. There's a decent chance, a, a somewhat chance, that there might have been some half truths in those diagnoses as the dates went by. Probably not unlike what we're hearing from Trump's doctors now. So yes, that's the official timeline. But it could have been less positive throughout that, and we'll just never know. Whereas with Trump, we might not know until the end or if he keeps living. So it's getting to the point where everybody's lying because nobody wants to look weak. Nobody wants to make Trump look bad or ineffectual against COVID. I just think if we find out that uh, Herman Cain's doctors were lying, I would not be surprised at all. We're certainly not going to get the truth from Trump about his condition. The whole thing is pathetically laughable. Yeah. I'm finished ranting now. Yeah. So uh, the story is I understand it is that they think Mm -hmm. uh trump and melania and kellyanne conway and hope hicks and uh, chris christie and all the others uh that have now right in the white house uh, in a circle that have tested positive may have caught it 
at the nomination event they held in, I don't know, the Rose Garden or somewhere like that for Amy Comey right. Barrett. Uh, funny, I saw the photo of that. And there was a couple hundred people there and about five of them were wearing masks. And I was thinking, wow, those people must have copped some shit mm. on the day. Oh, you fucking pussy wearing a fucking mask. You made and, us look bad. Right. Yeah, and then a few days later, those people are like, yeah, fuck you, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> you've all got COVID. Um, oh, now, some interesting yeah. things I've read about that. Uh, one of the... <laughs> suggestions is i think the in the senate shows she needs to be confirmed by the senate her nomination yes and i think yes the the republicans uh, only hold the senate by about six or seven seats um if six or seven republican senators were at that event and they're sick with covid and they're in quarantine for a couple of weeks and or die right and they can't attend the vote for her confirmation, she may end up losing the confirmation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they'll do it virtually right, but from their sickbed. I don't know. McConnell. Well, first of all, three, three GOP, three um, Republican centers, senators have already been confirmed to have COVID. Um, I think a lot of people were disappointed when Mitt Romney said he would vote uh, on her versus waiting for the election. But um, there was one Republican senator who said something like, I will show up in an airtight astronaut, whatever deep sea diving suit to vote for her. So uh, Mitch McConnell has said, everybody go home, everybody self-isolate for the next, what, 12 days. And he wants everybody back in Washington on a certain date to vote for this. So if so, McConnell's going to do everything he can. But so far, three GOP senators have COVID. Who knows what's going to happen? It could be more. You're right. But they're, they're carefully laid plan. And let's be honest, it's politically brilliant to be able to stack the deck. Might get thwarted, like you just said, because of COVID, because they hadn't been taking it very seriously. So the whole thing is just topsy-turvy, and we're probably just going to have to wait day by day to see what actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of crazy. Um, So Trump gets COVID, and, you know, obviously there's a lot of confusion about uh, when he was actually diagnosed. There's been a lot of disinformation coming out about whether or not he was given oxygen at the White House before they flew him to Walter Reed. But obviously he, he got the best possible and the fastest possible medical care that an American is likely to get. Um, no waiting. No, yeah, yeah, no waiting. Uh, compassionate uh, use of uh, drugs that haven't passed FDA approval. Um, this cocktail of antibodies from a pharmaceutical company um, owned by a billionaire friend of his uh, and, a, you know, one of his uh, club members. What's his fucking club in Florida, whatever that is, as a guy um, who owns the pharmaceutical company? Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he gets, he gets a ton of drugs. Now, the very fact that they were giving him an unapproved, still going through testing cocktail of drugs... Which, which, by definition, is a risky thing to do, suggests that mm-hmm. they were actually very concerned for him uh, when he get, got to hospital. Yes. You, you don't give somebody uh, something <laughs> like that 
uh, and particularly the president fine. of the United States, you don't give them. Listen, we we don't we haven't right. tested this, but we think we'll jab it in you anyway. See how it goes. Yeah, unless it's Might a fairly fairly dire situation. So I, I think his right. health over the weekend was probably far worse than the, the doctors and Trump are making out that it was. I think when yeah. the uh, chief of staff, uh, White House chief of staff, let slip that he was. Uh, doing it pretty tough. That was probably closer to the truth, which leads me to believe that he's not actually in a very good situation. I think he's faking it. I think he's doing it, uh, yes. trying to put on a tough show. I actually think he's not mm-hmm. very well, and uh, he's probably lying in bed with drips and tubes and uh, stuff in the White House right now. Again, with a team of crack fucking doctors, nurses, 24-7 yes. uh, right coverage around him. Yeah. Yes. But um, anyway, like obviously, it's shocking that he hasn't caught it before now. Um, and True. if he if he dies, what happens, Ray? If he dies before the election, what happens? Um, well, see, I know Mike Pence takes over, but here's the problem: because of COVID, a decent, and I don't know how many, but I imagine it's um, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, people have already voted through um, mail or they've made it so you can go to the courthouse, look at the courthouse and vote early. So a lot of people have already voted one way or the other. So I don't know what in the hell happens at this point. Do they just slide another person in? Because if you voted Republican, you voted for Trump, you didn't you didn't vote in for a fill-in person. So I have no idea what goes on if this guy dies before the election. Mm. I well, don't know if anybody uh, knows. What? the hell yeah yeah well i've i've read up on it um according to Mm -hmm. the associated press's uh explanation right um here's basically what happened okay um they say it's important to remember that in a presidential election voters aren't actually casting ballots for candidates instead they are voting for slates of electors who will pick the president and vice president as members of the Electoral College. To win the presidency, a candidate must win the backing of a majority of electors, 270 in the Electoral College. Uh, In modern U.S. elections, the meeting of the Electoral College is essentially a ceremonial confirmation of the choice made by voters. This year it will take place Mm -hmm. on December 14th. But if the winning candidate is no longer alive, it would be anything but routine. Um, So... First of all, you, you know, you have to decide who the candidate is if he dies. Uh, does, mm-hmm. do, do they just pick another candidate? I believe it's up to the GOP to pick the candidate that they would put forward. It may or right. may not be Pence. Pence would, would be president until the uh, election mm-hmm. but uh, uh, and the uh, handover, the transition. But the... Um, right. But the the Republican Party gets to choose who their candidate is. Yeah, I think they can leave Makes Trump sense. on it, uh, um, and 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 keep going. Trump Junior, or could yeah. be Trump Junior. Yeah, they say, well, that's who we meant. <laughs> Figured you knew that. You voted for Donald that's Trump. Right. He is Donald Trump. Close enough. Yeah, um, right. Just a beard. So it's a little bit. It's a little bit messy. Um, and um, you know, I guess we'll see what happens, how it all plays out. Good God. 
I want to talk about the, the the scenarios for a civil war. I posted a link on Facebook a week or so ago. I don't know if you saw this. A war game designer defines our four mm. possible civil wars. Did you see this? Uh, I did not. I missed it. I got the link that you sent me, but I missed it when you posted it socially. Yeah, but did you read it uh, after I gave you the link? Yes. Yes. Sorry. What are your thoughts? Yes. Talk, 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 talk me through the four um, scenarios. Okay. Well, first of all, this guy, yeah, he's he's a uh, he designs war games, you know, and so he's he's got the right mindset or whatever. But basically, his idea is this: it's like twenty 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 is pretty fucked up. You've got COVID, but any chance of uh, twenty twenty ending peacefully went out the window when uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died because now there's going to be a big fight over it. Because like we said previously, if the Republicans get a six to three dom- uh, dominance on the Supreme Court, that could last. For you know that could last for decades. So who knows? So there's these four possible scenarios. Let me. Where does it go? Um, and here's here's the thing I wanted to add to this. I read through this. I was impressed. Where did it go? So he says first of all, option number one. Why am I having trouble with this? Bear with me one second. How did I not clearly delineate this? Is the first one a Biden blowout? I think that's yes. the first one. Okay, mm. so there's four possible scenarios. One, obviously, a a Biden blowout where you would think, at least this is what I would think, the Republicans would go, well, we tried, but clearly the country has spoken. Um, let's just give in. Because that's what a lot of us did when we voted for Hillary in 2016. We were completely disgusted. We were whatever, but it's like the election went that way. You learn to, you know, you lose and you go on with with uh, with your lives. But a lot of people, this this scenario says that even if it's a big uh, Biden blowout, the Republicans might not give in because if you can get some of the states, like you were just saying a second ago, just because the state votes a certain way, the elector can um, they can take it to court and try to change that and to be able to vote for the other person. And if it, that does happen, it can go to the Supreme Court. And if they do have a six to three majority, they could find some way to give it to, to Trump or at the very least to make it murky. So just because Biden might win this big, and for right now it looks like he might, that doesn't mean that really the, the problem's over with. Because again, you've got the Supreme Court, you've got the Republicans or Trump willing to do not anything, but almost anything to win. So. Trump could still cause a lot of trouble no matter what the election night holds. And I think the other part of it is during the election that very night, a lot of Republicans are going to vote. They're going to walk in and vote on ballots. A lot of Democrats are going to vote by mail. And so election night, it looks like Trump is going to be doing well. Two weeks later or however long it goes, if there's a Biden uh, victory because all the votes have been counted, there's another possible reason for violence in the streets. So this could get really ugly really quick, even if it's a Biden, a huge Biden victory, victory, because it could take a couple of weeks to count all the uh, count all the votes. Yeah. So he compares this Biden blowout scenario to the American Civil War. He said if Biden wins 400 plus electoral votes, people think Republicans will be so devastated that they'll do some soul searching and come out a different party for it. That's nonsense. Lincoln took yeah. office after an electoral blowout, winning 180 of the 303 electoral college votes with no other candidate getting more than 93. One month later, he was evacuating Fort Sumter. Um, right. 
yeah, and and this is the thing. I mean, I think the um the crazies in the right have gone so mm-hmm. crazy now and have uh, got so, such a support base around the country that uh, if Trump massively loses, they're not going away. They're going to... It's rigged. Well, yes. Yeah, that, 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 that story will be going around and around. And uh, there's a good chance that they, there will be some form of violence breakout. Uh, now, right. Biden, if he's confirmed as president, uh, you know, will have access to the military and the National Guard will be rolled out, et cetera, et cetera. So, look, it may mm-hmm. not be a may not be a big civil war, may not be a long civil war, uh, but there's a well, no, I think a pretty reasonable possibility that the crazies are not going to uh, take a Trump loss quietly, and. They're not going to go anywhere. I mean, he talks about uh, allies. He says the North in this scenario will have allies. Russia clearly wants as much chaos in the US as possible. But the rest of the world just wants us to get back to sanity. Uh, I'm not sure that's true. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, players. I think China, uh, Russia, and I think even Saudi Arabia. Um, are all gunning for taking the U.S. down a couple of notches. Let's not forget that Saudi Arabia, mm. it seems, was probably behind 9-11. Um, the royal family right. had connections to people funding the uh, pilots, a lot more than Osama bin Laden did. So, uh, mm. yeah, look, it, 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 uh, that's one scenario that the, the crazy on the right just... Uh, launch some sort of a civil war. Um, Scenario number two, he says a close Biden win might be comparable to the Russian revolution. Talks about how uh, you could have a scenario where it's pretty closely run and they start talking about how it's been rigged. And uh, Mm. again, you've got... I don't know, Boris Johnson, you've got uh, Putin, you've got China, you've got Saudi Arabia. Who are they going to support? It's much more of a close-run thing. They've got the Supreme Court that they're going to be using to try and push it their way. A lot harder to use the Supreme Court if it's a massive blowout, but if it's a closer thing, they could get down to trying to steal it that way. Whether or not that leads to some sort of a civil war, I mean, again, if it's, I mean, I can't imagine Democrats in general uh, arcing up and, uh, you know, trying to launch some sort of a civil war themselves, but they probably will try and stop the Republicans from out and out stealing the election. And um, Mm -hmm. it's just a question of at what point the right um, go over the line with that you know, roll out guys right. with guns. I mean, Trump's already been rolling out guys yeah, with guns if they... for, in Portland and places like that, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, but so if the militia in various states or cities start showing up and causing trouble, does Trump call out the military on them, knowing that they are actually uh, agitating for him? So uh, again, that, that's another murky thing. But even this scenario relies on the fact or, or is conditional upon the uh, event of Trump not accepting the uh, the outcome of the election. So again, 
a lot of this won't happen unless he says, no, I'm saying here, this is bullshit. In fact, I should get a third term because of all the shit they're pulling. So again, it really depends on how he reacts and the message he sends out to his people on the night of the election and when the votes are finally all counted. Yeah. And I guess the scenario I can imagine here is uh, he refuses to leave, even though it's a Biden victory. Um, right. He starts you know, saying, well, we're going to take it to the Supreme Court. There are protests in 20 major American cities. Those protests mm-hmm. turn violent, either because oh, of yes. Antifa, you know, quote unquote, even though I don't think Antifa is right. really a serious thing, um, or because there are uh, false flag actors that are sent in there to make it violent. Right. Um, Stir up trouble stir up trouble to justify Trump rolling in armed forces, uh, border patrol, those sorts of people. And uh, yeah, yeah, it it, it spirals out of control. Um, Lots of different scenarios where that can happen. The third scenario this Mm -hmm. guy talks about is a contested result, which he compares to the Irish war of independence. This is a scary scenario involving the blue team getting enough states for a win, not quite enough senators to take over the Senate and a replacement for Ginsburg on the court in the lame duck session. Here's how it'll play out. Unlike the previous scenario here, split states or decertification in key states gives Trump a plausible majority or at least a plurality doesn't even have to be razor thin. A 320 vote win for Biden could be turned into a loss with only the Republican legislatures in Florida, North Carolina, and Wisconsin failing to follow the voters' mm-hmm. will. The three Trump appointees, Alito and Thomas, ratify these shenanigans over the objection of Roberts and all hell breaks loose. The first shots will likely right. be in Wisconsin as every member of the state legislature is targeted by one side or another but it'll soon spread. In this scenario, no elected or appointed official will be safe. The National Guard will be called in everywhere and not for the same reason each time. This is a true brother against brother scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just have to say real quick, I mean, the the sentence you just read, so if if you're a politician in Wisconsin, and I'm sure in other places as well, you probably on some level or whatever amount get death threats. There are no no one is a good guy anymore. I I'm a liberal. The conservatives hate me. I'm a conservative. The liberals hate. I mean, it's just it's it's so the animosity is just off the charts, and and there's no compromise. There's no empathy. There's no compassion. There's nothing. It's my side is right. Your side is evil. And even if I have to send you death threats, I will do that because the cause is so great. I mean, this is absolutely insane. And this is what we're living in. And here's a guy who's develops game going, yeah. And actually he had like what a hundred professional, um, I think tanks, I can't remember, uh, for, former uh, politicians, whatever they sit there and they work this stuff out. I mean, they can see this stuff really happening. And that just freaks me the hell out. Again, I live in the middle of nowhere. We don't have any really thing bad happen here, but this could get really ugly the night of the election. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, by the way, so this guy goes on with this. He says, um, in the heart of that, we'll find out what Joe Biden is made of. He talks a good game, all spit, fire and bluster, but this is a real test. Al Gore conceded after Bush v. Gore, and Biden knows what that did for the country. He's a Catholic. Is he willing to be an anti-pope? 
Uh, Biden's Ooh. an Irish Catholic, so he knows the history of Ireland over the last few centuries. Pe- perhaps still angry over the failed and French-backed Irish rebellion of 1798, the British crown let an entire nation starve in the Irish potato famine. The Irish never forgot that. Um, and he talks about the IRA, etc., etc. But, uh, you know, I think the answer to that question, he wrote this before the debate. We saw in the debate what Biden is made of. And as I said before, he was a uh, wet fish, man, weak sauce. Kind of uh, yeah. You know, the, the, the toughest he got was like, will you just shut up, man? Like, really? That's, <laughs> that's it? Will you yeah. just shut up, man? Yapping. And he called him a clown. Right. Now, I, I've yeah. had a lot of conversations with people about this. Like, I was kind of shocked to a point that he said those two things because I always hear Americans go, you respect the office. Even if you don't respect the man in the office, you respect the office. Sure. To refer to a sitting president as a clown and to tell him to shut up on live TV... Well, is yeah. uh, a big, big, must a big, big step, big step for Biden. Well, uh. you you said just a couple of minutes ago that I mean Trump has broke all the norms, and so maybe the norms of respect for the office don't exist anymore either. Which obviously is not a good thing, but I'm sure you know fifty percent of the of this country was happy when um, Biden said those things. But you're right. I mean, it's going to get to the. It might get to the point where. Biden has to be tough, make hard decisions, send people into fight. I mean, is he that kind of person or is he just someone who coasts along and, and takes advantage of the, the salary and the power and the position and the perks of the various offices he's held? I guess we'll find out what he's really made of Yeah, if, if, if the situation unfolds like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. What's the fourth one? The fourth scenario he calls a Trump win, comparable war, the Rwandan civil war. I saved the worst for last. In this scenario, Trump clearly, though probably not without some voter suppression, wins a narrow majority and the Democrats don't take the Senate. Ginsburg is replaced because Trump has a mandate. Biden and his fellow moderates are blamed for blowing the election, whether or not it was actually their fault. This is the opposite scenario of the Biden blowout. The Democrats collapse and progressives become really, really angry. Those who voted green or stayed home are called out and threatened. The Sanders wing leaves the party for good. You know, normal political stuff. If that's all that would happen in this scenario, we could live with it. But that's not going to happen. Republicans won't be content with a win. They will burn every civil right they can find. Trump's Hitler youth-like patriotic education plan will become a reality. Gun control will become a remnant of history. A disillusioned left will become exactly what Fox News wants them to be, violent. The president will be thrilled to meet fire with an inferno. The defining feature of life, and I think this is a good, this is a good section. The defining feature of life in 21st century America is tribalism. That's a belief that the other side is basically a completely different species. Nations overcome tribalism by finding common causes, often common enemies. We've been given a perfect opportunity in 2020, but the coronavirus has not brought us together against a common enemy. Instead, it has highlighted that one side is gun-toting, mask-avoiding morons, and the other side is fake news-loving, freedom-squashing libtards. What we do not have is a belief that everyone on the other side is worth saving. That is the recipe for the worst kind of disaster. Um, Yes. And, you know, we've talked about that exactly before. Like... um, Tony Coniston and I were talking about this on our QAV show this week. Australia, we're we're on the other side of our second wave, which was mostly in Victoria, 
Um, Australia's current COVID deaths toll stand at about 850, oh, sorry, 895 as of today. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Our population is about roughly a tenth of America's. You've got about three, 330 million. We've got about 30 million, give mm-hmm. or take. Okay. Right. So if, uh, so 10 times 895 would be, you know, let's say 9,000. So we've got about, if we were the size of the United States, we'd have about 9,000 deaths. If you mm-hmm. handled it like Australia handled it, you'd have about 9,000 deaths. What are you at today? Right. 210, 211, something like 200, that. 211,000, yeah. something like 210, that. 210, 211,000 versus 9,000, yes. which would be equitable. Yes. Now, you know, I know fucking Americans listening and they go, but America's different. We're special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get you, take your hand oh, off it. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> the difference, as far as I can see, the difference is that Australians did, by and large, re- react to coronavirus by hunkering down and putting aside our political differences and saying, all right, we're all in this right. together. Um, let's get this over with as quickly as possible. Let's uh, bite the bullet, clamp down, mm-hmm. clench our buttocks, and just get through this as quickly as we can and try and get back to normal. Whereas America just went right. to war with each other and uh, spiraled oh, yeah. out of control. So um, that, and that's, I think, it's a lot to do with tribalism, as this guy says. I mean, Australia, mm-hmm. listen, not perfect by any means, and we've got our own kinds of tribalism going on here. But fortunately, we're not as bad as you guys are yet. I think, you know, give us 20 years, we'll probably be there. Right. Uh, yeah. This is why I keep pointing uh, to what a fucking clusterfuck America is and go, we don't want to be like that. Let's let's choose a different path. We don't want to end up like yeah. America 20 years from now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if Rupert Murdoch's got anything to do with it, we definitely will. So... Anyway, you can check out that article. I'll put a link in the show notes. You can read through the whole thing. Like, you can agree, you can disagree. That's fine. I just think it's um, worth thinking about oh, yes. these potential scenarios, particularly if you live there, because I think there's a high probability that one of these could be a reality um, in the next yeah. couple of months. <laughs> And I just, uh, the last thing I want to say is what the most scary thing that people should remember, and history has taught us this, there are thousands of examples. If you have two sides that want to fight, they will fight. It's just a matter of how and when and what what gets it started, whatever. But there are two, I mean, we we genuinely, you know, tribalism, we hate each other. We think the other side is less than perfect or less than human and they're and they're completely different from us and there's there's a decent percentage in this country enough that wants to go toe to toe and when that's the situation they're just looking for an excuse that's what scares me the most yeah uh what else did i want to talk about the middle east peace deal oh no let me before i get into that i wanted to ask you um have you done anything seriously to get your immigration uh, process in place? Um, well, we're we're currently debating. Kiki wants to move to Australia. Um, Heather and I want to move to Scotland. So we're trying to twist her arm 
But she makes a valid point where it's never cold if you live in the right kind of place. And that's that's kind of appealing to me right now. So the idea of shorts, sandals, and T-shirts and sunscreen sounding pretty good. But we are but, seriously doing research. But you, but you haven't done anything about it. No. Well, we, we, hit, we hit a roadblock. Did you know, and, and America is one of the few countries that does this, if I become an, an Australian citizen, and but if I keep my American citizenship, I live there, I work there, you know, whatever, whatever, I still have to pay American taxes. I still have to give to Uncle Sam, you know, a percentage based on, on my salary. So a lot of countries don't do that. I would have to move there and give up my American citizenship to avoid paying those extra taxes, even though I don't live there anymore. So when we found that out, that was a big... Uh, yeah, but I don't think it that works out that way. You, you, I think you pay the difference between what you would have mm. paid if you lived in the US and what you right. pay here. But you're going to pay higher taxes here than you have in the United oh, States. Oh, maybe I should have read the second yeah. paragraph. Okay, I'll go back and look at that. So we just I have think to you'll end up, you know, some... having, you know, a net... Um, you know, the U.S. government will owe you money because you'll be paying more taxes here than you would there. Right, <laughs> but I'll be living and not getting like shot, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got. I'm you. just. Yeah. I just. Anyway. I just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I said that, I used this analogy with Chrissy the other day. I said I think Americans are like people living in Pompeii around 79 CE, going <laughs> Vesuvius. Ah, oh, that's yeah. look, look. Yeah. It's you just know the noise. Like yeah. it'll all pass. It's passed rumble, before. Rumble. It will get through this. It'll be right. fine. You know, they'll yeah. to the very mm. moment that they get hit with the uh, sulfur gas that comes pouring right. out of it. But even before the ash, they'll be like, "It's fine. Jesus. We've been here for a century <laughs> and nothing has happened. What could possibly go wrong?" Anyway. Exactly. Until. Still. Dude, yeah. you gotta you gotta get out of there, man. Seriously. Heather and I talk about it like four about once a week. Every weekend we seem to sit down with our whiskey and we're like, you know, it might be time. So, but that conversation does happen on a regular basis here. Yeah. Really does. But you but you're not doing anything about it. Okay. No. I want to talk about Trump's Middle East. It's a big deal. Peace deal. Please, please. Um, please. I didn't realize there was one, but go ahead. Yes. Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates, the UAE, have um, Mm -hmm. signed peace deals um, with uh, Israel recently, uh, brokered by Trump. Um. Or, or Jared or somebody. Um, Pompeo. Yeah, they call it a peace deal, but it's not really a, a peace deal while the Palestinians are still being oppressed, is my point. You keep to, it keeps right. being referred to in the media as Israel's peace deals or the US peace deals, mm. Middle East peace deal. It's not a peace deal. It's uh, basically these two countries, the UAE and Bahrain, uh, giving up on peace is what it really is. Right. They're they're stepping out of the fray and saying, well, we're giving up on the whole uh, Israel-Palestine peace negotiations and we're just going to look after ourselves 
Um, there's obviously yeah. uh, big uh, uh, financial incentives and military incentives being handed them by the Trump administration. I know that uh-huh. uh, a lot of weapons, uh, F-35 stealth fighters, EA-18G Growler aircraft being sold to uh, the UAE in, in return for signing this deal. Um, Bahrain probably Damn. getting similar sort of opportunities to buy more American weapons, get some additional American What are they going to do investment. with those weapons? Gee, I wonder. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, look, um, you know, my views on Israel, uh, if, you've, if anyone's listened to this show or to the Cold War show, you know, are pretty much uh, straightforward, I guess. Uh, look, I feel for the the Jewish people. Um, they've been treated like shit by the Christians, mostly, for mm-hmm. the last couple of thousand years. Um, and what happened to them in Germany and Poland and places like that during World War II was horrendous. Uh, and yeah. yes, they needed to be protected from anti-Semitic um, nations and peoples around the world. However, that mm-hmm. said, the way it was done was horrifying and terrible, and uh, it's yeah. never been fixed. And in fact, they've just been allowed to get worse and worse and worse. So... You can have complete empathy for the Jewish people and, and still say, yet their treatment of the Palestinians is appalling. It's a crime. Yeah. It's, a, it's a human rights disaster, and it needs to be stopped. And it needs to be stopped now, and it needs to be stopped with maximum force. Maximum mm-hmm. force. I'm not suggesting uh, we invade and kill the Israelis. I'm suggesting that the nations of the world need to go into Israel, go into war, go into Palestine and say, you fuck with these people and, you know, we shut you down, right? Back the fuck off, give them their rights, give them land to live on, uh, and it needs to be done now. It's been going on for... Well, fuck, 70 years, or more or less. Yes. It's a, absolutely yes. appalling, absolutely tragic. And, the, the, you know, the, the uh, horrible things that have happened to the Jews in the past throughout history is no justification for what they have done to the Palestinians right. in the last 70 years. And they didn't, we, you and I spent, what, 20 hours talking about the creation oh, yeah. of the state of Israel on the Cold War show. And we went deep and there is no way of justifying, no way in mm-hmm. hell of justifying why they did or how they did it or what they did. Don't tell me the God decreed, fuck that bullshit. Um, it was <laughs> right. illegal. It was immoral. It was unethical. The fact that they got away with it has nothing to do with it. So, I, I yes. think this is a tragedy that Bahrain and the UAE have caved. I mean, I understand it. It's going nowhere. And they, at the end of the day, they have a responsibility to look after their own people. This pan-Arabic state, pan-Muslim thing, 
is great, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they have to look after their own people. And America is fucking scary, and Israel is fucking scary because they're backed by America. And at the end yes. of the day, if you're Bahrain or the UAE, you have to go, well, listen, what's in the best interest of my own people? Um, right. And they, you know, they need to protect themselves against you know, uh, Shia uh, extremism as well as they've seen in the last 15 years and the rise of ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all this kind of stuff. So, well, Al-Qaeda was Sunni. Mm-hmm. Actually, ISIS is Sunni. Okay, Sunni extremism, even though they're Sunnis. But anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation and um, I feel bad, though, for the Palestinians. But let's just stop calling it a peace deal. It's not a peace deal by any stretch of the imagination right. unless... Unless the Palestinians are involved, right? Thoughts, just another comments, thing that's right. Yeah, yeah. Just just another um, failure on the international community. Everybody is focused on their own thing, or no one's willing to step up and help someone else. I mean, you're right because if anybody tried to do anything against Israel, America would be there with their veto power. So unless so if the solution does involve America does not involve America, it's not going to work. But we have given Israel a blank check to do whatever they want, and that's exactly what they've been doing, treating these people horribly. So it's it's just a, a circular problem. I have no idea how to go about fixing it. But yeah, the world needs to come together and say there's got to be a way to solve these problems without treating these people the way you are, the way you've been doing it for decades. I just don't see how that can move forward. And so mm. it probably won't mm. move forward. Mm. Certainly Biden won't uh, do anything about it. New. No. No. I mean, the Obama administration, well, the Obama administration, to their credit, one of the few things I give Obama credit for, uh, mm-hmm. did uh, tell Netanyahu to back the fuck off as they were increasing their reach into the occupied territories. Right. Um, Jeez. so that's something, but, um, yeah, slap them know, on the nose. they didn't, yeah. um, really step up and tell them to back the fuck down. Seriously. They didn't, they didn't vote in the security council to force Israel to stop doing what they're doing and mm-hmm. wind back to the green line. So it was, you know, talk yeah. is cheap basically, which is all I'd expect yeah. to get out of any Democrat because they're as scared of the Jewish lobby as anyone is. And that's a real thing. I mean, again, you're an anti-Semite. No, the Jewish lobby is a real thing. And, you know, they have fucking conferences in the US and all the major politicians go yeah. and say all the right words. Even even uh, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, went up and sucked their dicks uh, when she was right. uh, running in the primary. So, you know, they've they've got American politics stitched up, the Jewish lobby. Yes. Uh, last thing, uh, fucking long show, but the last thing I wanted to talk about this week is mutually exacerbating catastrophes. And there's a video yeah. that the, the Gates Foundation put out this week. Um, now, uh, you may recall that when COVID first hit and we were going into lockdown around the world, mm-hmm. my first reaction was, well, fuck. Um, this is going to send the global economy into a depression. And right. as a, a fake historian, I know what depressions have done <laughs> in, right. in history, in the past. Um, they lead mm-hmm. to bad things. Uh, 
And the cure, yes. uh, you know, one of the things I said at the time was the cure could be worse than the disease. Yes, COVID is bad and we need to take it seriously, but um, fuck, what happens uh, out of this? We shut down the economy, people lose their jobs, people go broke, they lose their homes, they get angry, they get bitter. They tend to vote for, you know, extremists who blame their problems yeah. not on rational um, explanations, but on immigrants mm -hmm. and religious division People. and that kind of stuff. Right. And, and, and we were already suffering from the rise of the extreme right around the world before COVID. Oh, yes. I wrote about it. I did a whole chapter on the, the rise of the extreme right in the psychopath epidemic. So this is just going to exacerbate it and make things worse. But unfortunately, I, you know, I ended up agreeing with the politicians around the world who did say that a shutdown was the right thing to do. Um, and I've explained my reasons why before. Yes, you know, the, the lockdown is going to lead to a collapse of the economy and that could lead to bad things. But you have to deal with what you know. And that was not only lots of people dying, but the collapse and failure of our medical system, our healthcare system would have absolutely collapsed in this country if we hadn't have yeah. gone into lockdown. As I've said before, I forget the exact numbers, but at any given time in Australia, we've got about 160,000 hospital beds in the entire country. They're usually mostly full of people who are sick. Mm -hmm. um, and if COVID had run rampant in this country, we would have needed another 160,000 hospital beds within a month, and we just didn't have Jesus. them, and let alone the doctors right. and the nurses and, you know, all the, 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 the fucking PPE stuff and the oxygen and, and all the other stuff that we would have required on top of what we normally have to deal with. We just couldn't scale up our medical system that quickly, so it would have been a domino effect. You would have had people dying from COVID. And then you would have had people who who are dying from other things not getting the health care they needed because doctors and nurses are sick right. and there's not enough hospital beds. And the whole thing would have led to a massive collapse of society. We would have had hundreds of thousands of people dead. And, uh, you know, that's going to have an impact on the economy as well, not to mention national morale, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway... Yeah. Um, the Gates Foundation has a term for this thing where one bad thing leads to more bad things. They call it mutually exacerbating catastrophes. One catastrophe leads to another. And particularly, you know, I think what they're talking about is particularly in third world countries. The video talks about mm -hmm. how COVID has actually just wiped out like 10, 15, 20 years of progress on yes. uh, in healthcare in third world or developing countries, uh, which will mm -hmm. take decades to rebuild. Um, it's right. a complete, complete disaster. Oh, frustrating for yep. Bill. He spent decades uh, investing billions and billions and billions of dollars in third world healthcare, warning the world yeah. during which that we had to get ready for a global virus pandemic no one listened, and now all of the work that he's done has been undone in six months. And uh, you know he's not—he's not a spring fucking chicken either. Um, <laughs> right. Must be completely frustrating and devastating for him. So um, I recommend everyone goes and checks out that video as well. I'll link to it in the show notes. 
Because, you know, even again, once we get through COVID, that's just the beginning of the fucking problems that we're going to be dealing with as a result of this. The, the economic fallout, the political oh, yeah. fallout, forget America, like the rest of the world, all of these third world countries uh, uh, and, and in Europe and in, Latin, in South America and Asia, the um, uh, opportunities, this, this, the economic fallout will create for rogue political parties to rise up and blame mm-hmm. coronavirus on bullshit excuses, which we're already seeing even in the West, people blaming it on Bill Gates or they're blaming it on China or they're blaming it on whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, 5G and all this fucking crazy shit. It's only just begun, I think, all of that. It's going to be a crazy fucking train ride for the next couple of years as we try and rebuild from the devastation um, of this. So, you know, cl- what you, fucking gird your loins, my friends. Right, right. Because fear-mongering, it's a coming. Well, that's it, Ray. Uh, I'm going to go out. Fuck the senses. I'm going to go out with a little bit of Eddie. Um, As you should. Here we go.